everyone welcome back uh week 13 teenage dream katie perry here we are guys this podcast is officially a teenager i know that we're all excited we are happy that you are all here uh joined today by uh hayden aaron and a special guest tanner trich fort wayne real estate royalty tanner trich yeah. Uh, very much a VIP guest, uh, 25% of our active listening audience, thrilled to have him here. Uh, he's going to join us today for the full show. Uh, we're going to do news du jour as always, winners and losers, and we're also going to uh, hit on a couple gambling futures that Tanner, who has definitely never, ever, ever operated a maybe underground book before, has found some value. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. <laughs> so... <laughs> Only in uh, participating states. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll, we'll dive into that. Uh, we had some technical difficulties. So Aaron and Tanner sound like they're in a phone booth somewhere in the south side of Chicago, but that's okay. We're going to power through this together. We are all gassed up. And with that, Hayden, the news. All right. Well, uh, the biggest news of the week is Saints quarterback Jameis Winston did not throw an interception this week. Uh, he completed nine of 10 passes, <laughs> 123 yards, two touchdowns. Uh, is, is, is he uh, the starting quarterback in New Orleans? Uh, Aaron, why don't you kick us off? Jameis is my winner this week. I'm going to get right into it. Um, Jameis looked like reborn or something. I don't, I, I'm, he looked so smooth and under control and just in rhythm back there in the pocket. And I, I was talking to Tanner about this earlier this week. You know, under under Arians, that's a that's a really aggressive vertical launch the ball downfield in the coverage. Even Luck, when when Luck was under Arians that year, he threw a shitload of interceptions. Maybe not thirty like Winston did, but a lot. So I'm wondering, and I know I was really down on the Saints this week, and I know this is a preseason game, so I'm not trying to flip flop too much or overreact to a preseason game. But I'm just starting to wonder a little bit, maybe under. Sean Payton's tutelage, that system, if maybe he's just a little bit more suited for this. Um, so I'm interested. I'm, I'm interested to see what, what could happen. He threw both of those touchdown passes were beautiful balls. You just can't, you can't argue with that. I mean, he put the ball where only his wide receiver could catch it, and he was draped in coverage both times. And the, this, what was it, Marquez Callaway? Callaway made just a hell of a catch on both of those. So, yeah, I'm excited for Jameis. I think he won that job in that first quarter, and I'm interested to see uh, to see how this goes. Drew's been shaking his head for 30 seconds. Oh, boy. Please, let's let's hear it, Drew. What do you uh, uh, look, please retort? I, I, I'm tired of overreacting to preseason games. What gets – interceptions in the national football league thrown is not bad throws these guys are the top one percent of the top one percent of the top one percent of throwers in the world right that's that's what they're here for Jameis winston gets into trouble with reads you can see that in tampa bay early in his career even which the arians point is fair that's a very vertical driven offense there's a lot of yeah, jump balls thrown, if you will. But he also threw him to Chris Godwin and Mike Evans, who are, I would argue, two of the best deep ball catchers probably in the NFL. It's a preseason game. 
no defensive coordinator is putting anything out there. You're not running a, a cover two shell and then like shifting into cover six and like throwing weird blitzes in the middle of the preseason. These are base coverages. These are reads that Jameis has made since his sophomore year in high school. And I'm not going to tell you that he's a, he's a bad quarterback because he can't make all the throws. He was the number one pick in the draft. We all saw it. He can make those throws. Um, I just think in the regular season, when you see more deception from the defense, you see more odd pressure packages. Like, dude, the guy's just, just a fucking goober. Like, you see it before the before the game. He was doing a warm up with like a walking stick and like a tennis ball, and I have no idea. Like, there's just no way this guy is good. If if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. But I just I don't see it. I think I think that he still throws like 25 plus picks this year. Yeah, no, Drew, I think I'm uh, in that camp as well. Um, I don't know. Sean Payton came out recently and said that uh, he, Jameis was not going to have the interception problems he had in the past. I don't know. I'm going to hold my breath on. I'm not holding my breath on that one. He, uh, I think you're exactly right. Not only was it a preseason games, vanilla coverages, it was the Jags. Um, I don't know too that many too. of their deep defensive players i was used to be relatively high on the jags uh maybe in april or so when their number was a little different um but that was mostly because of their offensive players or urban could turn it around or something like that i don't know anybody on this defense i think that um in the preseason he looked like he was back at florida state playing against boston college again throwing those types of balls james always yep. has had the physical tools that hasn't been the issue you're exactly right it's about those reads it's when he's playing an elite defense in the nfl and you know i thought you know for a little bit you know it's sean payton though he's going to coach him up he's a great coach but at this point what is uh what has sean payton really done that bruce arians hasn't done and bruce arians couldn't do it um i'm not sure we see that much of a different Jameis. there's no mike thomas right now uh i'm not sold i do think he should be the starter over Taysom hill but that's that's about as far as I'll go. So on their entire defense per PFF last year, how many players were top 30 in their position? Jags or Saints? Jags. That's the Jag question. Top 30th last year? Yeah, top 30 probably, last year. Probably none, but I'm going to have a retort to this. Let me, let me pull up my notes from episode I can't think of one. Uh, it was one. It was Miles Jack. Miles Jack was 11th in his position out of 83 Mike linebackers last year. That is 11th it. 11th Mike. The 11th Mike. So maybe the least important position in all of football. They were yeah. 11th. It very much yeah. the can you put your head down and hit that person's head at a fast speed position. He was top 30 at that. All right. So. Uh, I would like to respond to that. Here are a list of players. You that... people at home can't see Aaron looking like a 1980 stockbroker with his phone to his ear. <laughs> oh. <laughs> you see his fingers too? Is he pointing to something? Yes, 100%. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. 100% I was. Uh, Tyson Campbell, second round draft pick out of UGA. Uh, Shaq Griffin, cornerback, signed to a three year, $40 million contract. Ray Sean Jenkins, signed to a four year, $35 million contract and former Chicago bear Roy Robertson Harris three years. Mm. They added some beef. They added some talent. They invested into this defense. So I, again, it was a preseason game. I couldn't even tell you if all four of those made in that game last night. I don't know. Right. I'm just trying to make the point that the whole Arians offense was just like this, just 
maniacal chuck the ball downfield, score points, score points, score points. And this offense is let's give the ball to Camara like 30 to 40 times a game behind one of the best mm. offensive lines in football. And then maybe Jameis make a few throws here and there. Like that, that just seems to be a much more reasonable role for Jameis. I'm sorry. You think that you're going to hand the ball to Alvin Kamara 30 to 40 times a game, and he's going to make it through a 17 game season. What are we talking about here? I'm saying between carries and receptions, he's probably going to be in the 25 to 30 touch range per game. We'll see how long he lasts there. I'm worried. I'm worried about the Saints. I'm worried about yeah. the Saints. Uh, the Saints general. stink, man. They were they were one of my. I'm under not flip flopping. I'm not totally flip flopping. I'm just saying, I saw a little bit that I didn't expect to see. I saw a little bit of a, a little bit of a cohesive, um, well coached unit that I didn't really expect to see. I kind of thought they were falling apart from just reading reading the headlines, but they they are a little still more intact than I expected to. So I don't know. We'll see. You're cooling on fading the. I am no longer really looking to hammer the under on the Saints. I'm definitely not going to play the over, but it's more of a no play for me at this point. That's what I'd say. That's good. I bought all the stock on the under. I'm I'm currently the majority owner of under shares for the New Orleans Saints, and that's fine. Who would you – being a ticket holder for the under, who do you want to play quarterback for the Saints? Who do you think – Work. Who would I want? I want Mormon Tim Tebow. I want Taysom Hill to be the quarterback for the Saints. Okay. And I'm pulling for the under. Okay. Did you see the picture? So you do agree that Jameis is better than Taysom? That is the dumbest question. That's, <laughs> that's like, do you agree that a former number one pick who clearly has all the talent is better than like, I don't know, the last Washington State quarterback that went pro? Like, yeah, dude. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you know the thing that surprised me about Taysom Hill you know we kept hearing about this guy and kept hearing about him the last couple of years and I thought he was like 24 or 25 and it was like oh no 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 Taysom Hill's like a 33 year old man like oh yeah excuse me because he's a he's he Mormon. Like, so, so he graduated college and instead of going to the NFL he went on a mission he built like churches in an orphanage in like Argentina for two years it's what they do so notice the, that Zach Wilson, Zach Wilson was going to go like number three. And he's like, I got my own mission guys. Like, don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> my mission is somewhere in the Northern New Jersey. I'll take care of it. I'll figure it out. <laughs> it's near a pork store somewhere by Verona. Tony's there. So that makes more sense because I always thought Taysom Hill looked like he was like, a couple of bad weeks of football away from working on a working in a lumber yard in like South Dakota somewhere. So that, uh, nah, man. that checks he'll, out. He'll, checks he'll out. take him back to Utah. He'll like manage like an REI store near like Zion, like Taysom Hill's going to fuck when this is over, man. It's all good. He's got a plan. <laughs> hey, Aiden, what's, what's next, next on the news desk, brother? Uh, more Jaguars talk, because that's exciting. Uh, rookie running back Travis Etienne <laughs> suffered an injury to his left foot during the team's second preseason game Monday night, and he's expected to miss much, if not all, of the 2021 season. How does this affect the Jags offense going forward, Drew? So I'm actually I'm going to answer your question with a question. So Travis Etienne is hurt. What's the over-under on games before Urban Meyer has a quote-unquote like heart issue? 
and he can't continue to coach the Jacks anymore. <laughs> um, man, twelve. <laughs> 12 that's the number i think 12 is probably pretty fair uh, I, I, I think so so like travis Etienne, like um you know that sucks this year this year's not about him this year's about trevor lawrence and how he develops and that's literally it all the jaguars can do this year is try to make it as easy as possible on trevor lawrence keep him off his back give him the reps give him the reads let him kind of figure his way through here I think this Urban Meyer contract, and I may have alluded to it earlier on the pod, like I think he signed for what? It's like five or six years. I can't remember how long his contract is. Urban Meyer is like a rah-rah, hold your hand, like buddy-buddy coach that gets into like year three, and then they bring in like real football minds to like try to win games. <laughs> like, like I fully believe that that's what this is. Um no, this this means nothing for the Jaguars offense. They lose a good player. They were gonna suck anyways. Yeah. It's just about giving Trevor Lawrence reps. Yeah, this team was starting to get some momentum in the uh futures market. They had cut in their division uh chance of winning the division like in half and they were starting to get some love. I think some of it was related to some of the Colts news we've been getting, but I don't know. I think it was also people just falling in love with some of these skill players. You know, we've seen blue chip quarterbacks like Trevor Lawrence come into the league, uh, like Andrew Luck, and turn around a team that, you know, didn't seem to have much else going for it. Um, And, you know, then we brought in the Marvin Harrison, not Marvin Harris, Marvin Jones, and people like Chark. Um, So, and I liked what ETN offered, you know, with Robinson and ETN, I thought it offered like some balance to them. Drew, I think you're right, though, overall, that it doesn't really affect the outcome of their season. I checked the futures markets uh, today after I heard about the injury. Obviously, a rookie running back is not going to change a team's future. So I just wanted to make sure, but it didn't. Uh, They seemed to be about where they were a few days ago. Um, I thought it was going to make the offense a little more dynamic, um, having ATN in there to spell the uh, undrafted uh, second-year player that had a great season. You know, I thought having a little blue chip, speed added to that offense could go a long way especially consider the quarterback and receivers um so i think it hurts it hurts a little bit but uh overall in the grand scheme of things jags weren't winning the division and they're still not going to win the division (laughs) i'm annoyed personally i I, i'm annoyed with the etn injury i feel first of all i feel sorry for the guy injuries suck don't like it but i have been a little skeptical of the whole Urban Meyer experiment. I don't even know if you can call it an experiment, but ever since they hired him and they basically handed him the, the all the reins to the entire program, I don't know. I, I had my doubts, and now I feel like I feel like the Jags are trending more and more towards a team that is going to finish probably bottom five in the league again this year. And I'm just seeing excuses pop up now. Oh, well, they lost ETN before the season started. And I don't know. I'm I'm just seeing little things pile up where people are going to be like, well, it's not Urban Meyer's fault. You know, he, he did fine. He's just, you know, it's the NFL unforeseen circumstances. Bullshit. Why is this guy giving Gardner Minshew more reps with the first team? than Trevor Lawrence, than the number one overall pick. What, what, why is he trying to make this a quarterback competition? I think this guy might be a moron. I think, I think Drew, you were right. He's just kind of like buddy, buddy, uh, rah, rah. I don't think he's a serious 
football guy. I, I don't know. I, I know that people are going to point to all the, the success he had at different colleges. I don't think he's cut out for this at this point in his life. I don't really believe in him. I think he's full of shit. Uh, again, preseason game, I'm not going to overreact, but the play calling was fucking miserable in that game. I don't know what they were trying to do. It was so, so bland and so vanilla. And he had even made a comment about how they were a little too bland in their first preseason game, and they need to open up the playbook a little bit and, and kind of let it rip. And it was just like tackle blast left, guard right, like all this bullshit. I don't know. I, I don't think – I think he's in way over his head. I think this whole thing's going to be a disaster. Lawrence, I think, is going to be good. You can tell the game is still moving a little bit fast for him. He was having trouble catching up, making his reads, avoiding pressure. He was holding onto the ball a little bit too long. I, I don't I don't think – I'm not worried about him. I think he's going to be a good NFL quarterback. But I think the Jags are very much a team that you would want to catch early. You want to play the Jags in the first couple of months of the season before Lawrence starts to figure things out, which mm. I think the Colts play them. I think the Colts play them in like weeks 15 and 17. So that's not ideal for them. But so, um, so, so yeah. I got like three things. So like so one, the, the bland offense, 110%. It was extremely bland. It looked like something out of like Tecmo Bowl where it was like up B, right A. And like that was... Yeah. But again, it is what it is. Um, to your point about the game moving very quickly for him. So um, uh, I, I listened to like a two-hour podcast with Trent Dilfer. Um, this would have been winter of last year. So he's worked with Trevor Lawrence, uh, Justin Fields, all these guys through like Elite 11, et cetera, really since they were like 14 years old, right? So he has like a great rapport with all of these people. Um, one of the things that he mentioned about Dabo and just, and, um, Trevor specifically is at Clemson. It's a lot of if then reads, right. And at Clemson specifically the last four years, they have out athleted a lot of teams, which simplifies yeah. a lot of your reads, right? If you've got a guy who runs a four, three versus a future attorney from like Georgia, like, right. You know, there's a, there's a granted advantage there. Patrick Smith is not going to keep up with, you know, DeAndre Hopkins. It's just not happening. Um, but a lot of Clemson's offense is, is predicated on, I, I, I guess, a, a more familiar way. So like in the read option, right, when you're, when you're handing off for the read option, typically your key man is like the defensive end. And if he pulls with the running back, you're going you're gonna to keep it. If, if he runs towards the quarterback, you hand the ball off, and that's how you're running read option. It's no different in the Clemson passing game. Uh, Trevor Lawrence was never asked to run multiple reads, right? So he has his A, his B. Um, occasionally there's a C at Clemson. Now there is A through F on a lot of these plays. And not only is there A through F, but there's variations off of what coverage they're playing. Did the cornerback run outside leverage? Which way is the receiver going to break based off of that? So I actually don't hate him running against the twos because a lot of that slows that down and helps him process that in practice. Um, uh, so in the Gardner Minshew thing, whatever, I completely agree with you. Urban Meyer is full of shit. He's not serious at this point in his career. It was never serious. There was nothing about Urban Meyer's system or his offense that he has ever done outside out athlete people in college that was going to translate to the NFL. He is a buddy buddy. He is a father figure, a pseudo father figure for Trevor as he enters the league to get him ready to go. And then serious football minds take over in a couple of years. 
I think Shad Khan, Shad, Shad Khan, I don't know how to pronounce mm-hmm. that guy's name, the owner, the Jags owner, he's one of those classic, like, he runs a business, not a football team. Like, his end goal is not to uh, hoist the Lombardi trophy. He wants to play a bunch of games overseas. He wants to hire a popular former SEC football coach in Florida. Let's bring Tim Tebow on, give him a shot, see if he's still a shell of an athlete that can perform at an NFL level. I I just could see a path where, where Urban Meyer gets that job to sell merchandise and tickets and TV rights as opposed to win football games. Throw that out there. Yeah, I don't I don't think that was disregarded when they went through that. We're gonna suck for two years. We're gonna suck for two years while he figures it out. How do we fill the seats until then? How do we build excitement for what we're doing here? And for the record. He made a throw rolling left in his own end zone in that preseason game where he had a man in his face and threw an absolute dart. And I was like, oh, yeah, this guy is 110% for real. That's a grown man throw. You're talking about Lawrence? Yes. Yeah, Sorry. Urban oh, Meyer did not make oh, that Oh, yeah, throw. I saw that. I was like, wait, what? <laughs> Sorry. I switched gears on you pretty quick there. Quick, like a Jaguar. Sorry. That was dumb. Hayden, what's next? In uh, other injury news, the New York Jets left tackle Makai Becton suffered an injury today during the team's joint practice with the Philadelphia Eagles. This comes after defensive end Carl Lawson uh, ruptured his Achilles. What are your thoughts on this, Tanner? I'll kick it over to you first. Yeah, that's too bad. Uh, Hopefully everything's okay with Makai because uh, I feel like in a lot of ways the Jets have been doing some of this rebuild correctly, uh, you know, going after him last year. And uh, the offensive line was supposed to be uh, much improved. And I know they have some players on the defensive front also. Um, So there were were signs that the Jets uh, were going to be improved overall. Uh, and I know that uh, Wilson has looked good in the preseason. His arm strength looks good. You know, he's got quick feet. Um, at the end of the day, though, I don't think it's too far from the Jags situation. I mean, there's a lot of differences as far as their head coach is coaching the NFL before. But um, the New York Jets are still, to me, a last place team who by midseason could be, you know, whenever there's a player that's sort of nicked up, they could be saying, Hey, do we really want to, you know, mortgage some guy's future, make him play through injuries or who really cares if we win? Let's get one more uh, set of draft picks. Maybe we should just sit this guy. So um, for as much as the Jets should be improved from the Adam Gase experiment, um, these injuries uh, up early has me worried uh, this year, anyway, um, on the offensive side. Anyway, don't discount the Gase bump. The, the, the Adam Gase huh? bump is a real, the real thing to rid your locker room of that stale, wet blanket presence. We've always seen offenses get a little bit of a bump once, uh, once they're able to kick that guy out of the out of the uh, building. So, I don't know. That sucks about Lawson, though. That's just such a gut punch when you yeah. are a team that is trying to rebuild and you go out in free agency and you outbid 31 other teams, you know, for this star pass rusher and guy ruptures his Achilles in camp before the, before, before the season even starts. That, that hurts. I mean, it's more, almost more of a morale-damaging 
thing that it is like, oh man, we really needed his production. I mean, of course they could have used it, but it just, I don't know, it seems to shift the momentum the wrong way. So that's a bummer. Um, yeah, we're seeing a couple of the low level teams here continue to trend downward. We could be seeing the same one, two, three in next year's draft than we have this year potentially. Yeah, um, with with Mechie specifically, as large as he is, like any injury, I assume is a big injury because he's just a gigantic human being in every <laughs> facet of the word. Um, but uh, no, I, I agree with everything you guys said. You know, it, it sucks. It felt like they were kind of doing it the right way. Um, the Jets for so long have kind of just been wandering in the wilderness. And uh, Joe Douglas really seems to have a good head on his shoulders. Great beard for a GM. Um, I love Robert Sala. Um, I, I think that he's a rah-rah coach that almost like Harbaugh just kind of has diminishing returns. I get Harbaugh I, vibes. I'm glad you yeah. said that. I get Harbaugh vibes from Robert Sala. Yeah, but I but I think that, you know, at least for the first year prior to the Becton and Lawson injuries, like if they came out and won like six or seven games, I would be like, oh, yeah, okay. Like I kind of get it. That makes sense. Because it's just one of those things where they just kind of propel their players that, you know, you empower – people on your organization to, to, to make plays and, and do those sorts of things. Not that I, I again, that's like a, I, I'm not saying that they were going to win six or seven games, but if it happened, I wouldn't have been shocked that it happened. Um, yeah, it sucks. They, you know, I felt like, it, like Tanner said, felt like they were doing things the right way and uh, you know, wish nothing but the best to, to all those guys. I don't have anything else to add there. They still could get to six or seven wins possibly. I think that's their ceiling. I mean, Sure. They were a last place team last year, so I, I don't know their schedule inside and out. So they're going to play a few more last place teams. Um, they could nip a team in the division, maybe split with one of the teams. So, you know, they're not going to be better than the Bills or the Dolphins or Aaron's favorite new team. I think Patriots, that's the problem. So. I think that's the problem, though, right? Because they they play in a division that's pretty good. I mean, that's that's going to be the biggest issue for them. All of a sudden, pretty we, good. There were years there where it wasn't. Seemed like. <laughs> well, here let me let me give it to you. So so week one they play the Panthers in Carolina, uh, host the Patriots week two, Denver week three, uh, host the Titans week four, to Atlanta week five, at New England week six, hosting the Bengals week seven in Indy November fourth. Uh, they host the Bills, then they host the Jets, or excuse me, they host the Dolphins. Then they're at Houston, host Philly, host New Orleans, at Miami, at Jacksonville, hosting the Bucks. Yikes. That might be a 17-point spread at that point. Uh, and then closing the season in Buffalo. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I heard the Bengals and Houston and Philly and Jacksonville in there. I Whatever. Those are all toss-ups, I suppose. Not, not, no result would really surprise me in, in those games too much. Um, yeah, I but, think you're right. You know, that's the ceiling. That's the ceiling. I think you're right. All right. One more one more piece of news. Uh, Ravens quarterback Lamar Jackson was asked if he believes the league has figured him out. His response was, quote, we're going to see. I doubt it, though. I, st- I strongly doubt it. Uh, Aaron, do you think this is going to be a uh, different year for Jackson as he heads into his fourth NFL season? <laughs> I mean, I don't know what you wanted the guy to say. I mean, he can't, he really, you know, kind of skirted that nicely. He showed some confidence, but maybe not hubris. 
Uh, also, you know, obviously I wasn't going to say, yeah, I'm, I'm a dog now. Everybody knows what the fuck I'm going to do. Um, <laughs> he's going to be a difference maker as long as he is like a top 1% athlete in the NFL. You know, um, we, we've talked about this earlier on this pod. We haven't seen um, the arm talent, uh, the accuracy, the power, the decision-making to be successful as a pocket passer quarterback. Uh, but as long as he can shred defenses with his, you know, Michael Vick-like quickness and, um, you know, maneuverability, he's he's always going to be an above-average quarterback. And we're we're only we're not far removed from his MVP season. Everybody, including me, likes to forget that. Um, I think he's still, you know, could, is still going to take them to the playoffs. Is still going to be a probably like a top ten to twelve NFL quarterback. I guess I'm just interested to see when the athleticism starts to slip away, where does he go with that? Is he, is he going to be able to morph into more of a thrower than a runner? So that that's what I'm waiting to see, but no, I, I don't know what else you wanted him to say there. I think he kind of, kind of had to, had to ride that fence a little bit. Yeah, that's a bummer about their uh, rookie, rookie wide receiver um, that's injured. I'm not sure how long they're saying he's out for. I know they had a, a groin uh, diagnosis on him. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, they added Watkins. I'm interested to see uh, what sort of uh, sort of alpha wide receiver Watkins is these days. You know, the, his time in Buffalo did not go as planned, but – who even knows what regime that was? That Doug Marone, like they didn't know what they were doing back then, and he might have been a bit of a knucklehead. And I'm interested to see if his time in Kansas City has matured him. And you know, I don't think he's so old yet that he's over the hill. And from what I remember, Watkins was a top ten pick and has all the tools. Uh, so I'm excited for that pairing. Um, I think Andrews is a great target. They still have a dynamic running game. They added a tackle they traded for the from the, the Chiefs, I believe. Um, so the offensive line is going to be solid again. Um, yeah, I agree, Aaron, that uh, Lamar Jackson hasn't shown maybe the accuracy touch uh, consistently that you'd like to see. But I do think he's got, uh, you know, average above average arm strength, and he can make these throws. I think it's more of a uh, anytime the pocket collapses, he's always ran. It's always worked out. It's a hard habit to break. Um, he's still a young guy. And as far as that, uh, athleticism slipping, that will be interesting to see what happens if he becomes, uh, you know, far less elite when his athleticism slips. I don't think you have to worry about that this year. He strikes me as one of the running quarterbacks that doesn't take that many huge hits. Um, he has some sort of knack for avoiding those. And um, I'm optimistic. I think, I think, yeah, I also agree with Aaron. What else is he going to say? But uh, I'm not betting against him this year. That's for sure. I mean, Tanner, you said that he was going to win the Super Bowl this year, right? You said that they both were going to, him and Giannis, compared to my take, were going <laughs> to win championships, if I remember right. Yeah, yeah. That felt muted. Um, that felt muted from you. I, I thought you'd be way I more high on I did say that. <laughs> I did. I was, well, I was pretty excited about my Giannis call, but, um, you know, just getting to the whole, you know, I've heard you talk about him before, Drew, and, you know, that things like that style can't win um, or something like that. But, you know, it's exactly what they were saying about, you know, 
that's assuming his game won't evolve. I mean, how old is uh, Lamar Jackson? Twenty four, something like that. I mean, how many twenty four no, years old? He's older than that. I didn't. Okay. I thought he was like, yeah, I thought he was like twenty five when he got drafted. Oh uh, no, no, he's twenty. No, he is just under twenty five. He's spot on. He's twenty four years old. So stand corrected. What what twenty four year old quarterbacks in the NFL have you gone? That's it. That's the stuff. That's a Super Bowl winning quarterback. He can do it. I mean, Patrick. Patrick so to Mahomes say Lamar Jackson that did it. They he won one. One. Yep. Okay. So Lamar. Okay. So Mahomes. Mahomes is a good example <laughs> of a quarterback that age uh, that's displayed all the tools you need to win a Super Bowl. But I I just don't think it's fair to you know. Say a guy of that age. Too. I'm actually I'm gonna I'm win pulling that. up an article. Yeah. I'm roasting you here, man. We're doing this. Okay. <laughs> We're doing a dance. Uh, okay, Brady. but you, but Drew, Drew, to do that, you have to also say that all the quarterbacks that won Super Bowls when they were older than 24, you knew they were going to. You know what I mean? But go ahead, go with your list. No, no. So, so Brady did it. Roethlisberger did it. Mahomes did it. Mahomes was the most recent one under 25 or to accomplish it, uh, Brady was 26 when he won it. So excuse me there. I'm sorry. At 26, he was the youngest to win multiple. He won his first at 24. Mahomes won one. Roethlisberger won one at like 23 and some change. That's as far as my Sports Illustrated list from a year ago goes. I'm, I haven't gone. <laughs> I, I haven't dug that deep. I haven't dug that deep. This was this was a pretty a pretty quick thing. <clears throat> Drew, are yeah, you I ready don't think for? That, oh, sorry. Um, Oh no no Hayden go ahead I was just gonna keep spinning my wheels there. Oh well, I was gonna I was gonna ask Drew if he was ready for that uh, Bernard guy on Twitter to come at him if uh, if Lamar wins a title this year. Dude, holy shit! Bernard must his last name has to be Jackson. That dude went for my neck. He was not cool with me slandering Lamar Jackson. Um, look, so like, and and I, and I I made that Lamar take about Giannis um, at the time that felt right uh Aaron's quote was that was poetry in motion and I felt that way uh Giannis went up like a visible 25 percent and, and like anybody will tell you that uh there were tweets Simmons tweeted one that was like hey whatever the ceiling on Giannis was like fuck that the ceiling is the roof um the the thing that I don't like about the Ravens is they they throw over the middle of the field more than any other team in the league Last year, over 50% of their completions were thrown in between the hashes. And I just don't know without legitimate firepower on the outside of the field to stretch the defense out that you can make, you, you can make a deep sustained playoff run with a quarterback like Lamar. I, I think that if you can keep defenses moving side to side and, and you're able to utilize Lamar's athleticism to your advantage, that's great. They're the only team in football that ran the ball more than 50% of the time last year. All their throws went through the middle of the field. It, it's almost like they're in gold line offense all the time. Yeah. Um, and to your point, you added Watkins. You know, they have Hollywood Brown there. Uh, Bateman from Minnesota looked to be really strong until he had that weird groin injury. Um, I just, I, I want to see them be more versatile. I mean, I mean, Tanner and Aaron, you guys sound like you're bigger fans of Lamar than me. If you're up by 10 on the Ravens, like, are you still, like, really worried about them that they're going to mount some, like, 27-point comeback in the fourth quarter? Like, I'm not. I just feel like their offense isn't tooled for that. 
Uh, no, I think you're probably right about that. Lamar's a very dangerous quarterback uh, playing with the lead. Um, he's not proven to be able to come from behind very much. And I like the points you were making, too, about over the middle of the field. They do want to be over the middle of the field. You need accuracy and touch to do that. He hasn't displayed the consistency. Um, I think partially some of that could have been personnel. You know, they had the tight end that's been working, but Hollywood Brown was a rookie. Other than that, I'm not sure that they previously had the personnel to, for Lamar to uh, say that he, you know, is just fully unable uh, to do that. But I do understand your point, Drew, and I don't, you know, I've said some stuff on Twitter, and but I actually do not think the Ravens are necessarily in the Super Bowl. They're not my favorite I wouldn't stake my life on it. It was Dude, I wanted you to double down things. so bad. I was nope, gonna buy sorry. you dinner if they won. If you got both <laughs> right, like I was gonna drive there and I was gonna nope, buy you dinner. Nope. Like that was it. <laughs> <laughs> people change. People change. Giannis, people when he was twenty four, twenty five, people were like, This is never gonna work. He's so easy to rebuild the wall, it's so predictable. And then he won a title the same age, Shaq won his first title, same age, Kevin Durant won his first title, same age, Michael Jordan won his first title, same age LeBron James won his first title you know they you just don't lead a now we're switching sports but you just don't lead an nba team to a title uh very often in your early 20s Dwayne wade won he had shaq kobe won he had shaq you know a lot of those guys they're not there till they're that age i think you know if you're the quarterback franchise player there are examples of younger players winning it I'm not counting him out yet. I think he can improve. I agree with you that his current style he's displayed is probably not good enough to win a Super Bowl. I think he can be better. I think it's the type of mentality that uh, is going to improve every season. I don't see complacency uh, as a big part of uh, Lamar Jackson. So TBD on that one. Fair. Those are some good points. Uh, Hayden, that's the end of news, right? Yeah, that's everything. Winners and losers, is that where we're at now? Yep. All right, you're leading. Fire away. All right. Uh, my winner this week is Zach Wilson. I said last week that I needed to see more from him, and he stepped up. Uh, he completed 9 of 11 passes, 128 yards, two touchdowns. Uh, we already talked about the Jets, so we don't have to go too in-depth here, but uh, he looked like a, a top pick for sure, and I'm sure that's getting Jets fans excited, and uh, I had no problems going back and watching the tape for that game. Do you think it's because he he hung out with A.A. Ron during that uh, joint practice? No, it's because he was listening <laughs> to our podcast and heard me talking shit. So <laughs> I, I thought I thought it was because a, a, I thought A.A. Ron was just like, hey man, look, you just you, you got a fucking actress and hang out in Hawaii for like two weeks in the off season, and this is all gonna work out for you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll give you Olivia Munn's number. She'll get you started. Yikes. Tanner, do you have a winner or loser this week? Um, winner, I do. Um, J.R. Swish. The oh. NCAA has uh, cleared uh, him to become a collegiate athlete again. I'm not actually really sure. I assume he went to college at one point to play basketball and was a high school he guy. Not. He was a straight from he high school not. guy. Okay. Yep. That's why I call yep. For NC State A&T Aggies. Um, happy for JR and I hope, you know, I can catch some of that on TV. That might be a decent watch. Uh, good for JR. I'm glad he has a life, uh, after basketball. I was worried for a second. I would pay solid money, maybe $500 for, to get a copy of his first like 
essay that he had to turn in in college. I, I really, I really oh, want to read coming it. Coming up, coming up. Got it. Oh yeah, yeah no, dude, he's yeah. on, he's, somebody's doing that. He's paying someone to do all this for him. There's no way. But why? But why? Why would he, I thought half the reason he was going back was maybe to try to get an education. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. I, have, I actually forgot about the whole education part. I thought he just wanted to play golf. That's a good point, Aaron. I guess he will be in class at some point. <laughs> he will. Now, I saw videos yeah. of him today on campus, and there's like these 19-year-old nerds being like, oh, my God, it's J.R. Smith. He's in my English lit class. <laughs> um, so J.R. Smith went to uh, St. Benedict's in Newark, New Jersey, which is actually, I think, where Zach Will or Zach, uh, the quarterback for the Jets, Zach Wilson, right? What's his name? Zach? Yeah. 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 Zach Wilson. That's where his mission is as part of his Mormonism. That's where his mission oh, is. Oh, so okay. I see. It all makes sense now. There's a big tie in. Um, his mission is to teach J.R. Smith how to write a five paragraph essay. I don't think J.R. lives there anymore, but um, that's hysterical. <laughs> I cannot wait. And I just pray to God that J.R. Smith, I want to backtrack. I have had a like weird infatuation with J.R. Smith's NBA career. His stint in New York, I fucking loved every second of it. Like I love <laughs> J.R. Smith. I hope he signs every page like hashtag swish. Like I hope that's how he signs every college paper he ever writes. <laughs> I hope he tries to golf without a shirt on. <laughs> And if they won't allow him to do that, do you think he just goes like full, like clear shirt? Like he just gets with Nike and he's like, I need material that's clear as shit. He's like, we got you. I need mesh. I, I could see mesh. mesh. I was thinking yeah. that. That's what I picture. <laughs> I could see JR and some mesh. He's going to come up with like his language. own. Oh my God. I, I just saw this coming. He's going to come out with like his own line of golf apparel. This is coming. So he partnered with, I think it's Eastside Golf was the brand. He has like a, a golf apparel line out already. This makes sense now. This, yeah. makes, this is a smart business move. He's got a smart but, business manager. But when does he break it. out the Henny? What hole does the Henny come out on? Is this just in the bag? Or like when does that? Uh, I think once you hit that second bogey of the front nine, that's when you bring the Henny out. Okay. That's, that's my personal rule anyways. We smoking. <laughs> that's hole one. <laughs> um yeah aaron is you or me it's you i already oh, Jameis was my winner that i already covered mm, earlier but i do have Jameis. a loser god Jameis was your winner okay um god that sucks uh, do your loser i'm still i'm still perusing mine pontificating yeah uh so yeah change the record i'm gonna talk about the patriots just a little um, trouble in paradise. And Newton is my loser. Uh, I, I went with the with quarterback battles for my winners and losers this week. Cam Newton and his refusal to get poked with a fully FDA approved vaccine may have cost him may have cost him a shot at starting for the Patriots this year. Uh, he got into a little bit of a kerfuffle. Uh, he went outside the approved geographical boundaries for something. And uh, NFL Network's Michael Girardi reports that there is an internal level of frustration with the Cam Newton situation 
one member of the organization believes this has opened a window of opportunity for rookie Mac Jones. The team practices today and then with the New York G-men tomorrow before Newton can return. And he was already, uh, Jones was already hot on his heels. So this could, this could be one of the first big fallouts um, from the vaccine or lack thereof. Uh, you could definitely see Mac Jones, you know, if there's some coaches getting a little bit irritated, you could view it as kind of putting yourself before the team a little bit. That's how some coaches have spun this here. So if Mac Jones comes out and slings it like my boy Jameis did yesterday, I don't know, maybe maybe we see a changing of the guards sooner than later in New England, as I have predicted in the past. Mm-hmm. So, um, so Cam Newton's reasoning – uh, for what happened was that he had a misunderstanding about the negative test rule. So the negative test rule, it has to come from an NFL facility. Cam thought that it was just a negative test from anywhere. So I had this picture in my head of Cam like walking back into Foxborough with like a negative test, from, like a CVS. And he's like, hey guys, I'm straight. Yeah. Like I'm good. Let me yeah. in. And they're like, what the fuck, man? I, I had a conversation from the pre-snap motion Twitter with a, a couple folks about this. Uh, Mac has looked better. I understand the stats are what they are, but the nuance in which Mac Jones has played, um, there was he was in the shadow of his own goalposts. Uh, I was like second and 14. He opened his shoulder like slightly to the left to bring the safety over and then threw a seam up the middle and got a first down. And I was like, oh yeah, this dude gets it. This dude's for real. Um, that level of execution particularly within that system is what's going to make him successful Uh, and i think that there's any organization that pays more attention to detail than others things like i don't know where to get a covid test done it's the new england patriots so i 100 think you're right i don't think cam was going to get this job regardless no matter how well he played uh but certainly now i think it's mac jones's job to lose love it um my who's gonna win the Who's going to win the Patriots QB race, Tanner? Well, you know, honestly, I heard Belichick came out and say something defending um, Cam, saying, like, you know, they gave him permission or it was his fault. And all that I feel like ever since Cam went to the Patriots, they bend over backwards, like making excuses for him or saying he's such a great team player and every and only optimistic thing, only good news uh, from the coaching staff of the Patriots, it seems like, about Cam. And – I still, and I don't really know why, and I, I think they're, like, compensating for the Brady thing. I think they wanted to, you know, went all these years, and Brady was pissed, so they never said anything nice about him or, like, praised him. So I think they were, like, doing something. We're like, oh, yeah, we love Cam. He's such a great player. He's been such a, you know, great locker room guy. And, you know, oh, this is our fault that he missed the uh, COVID testing thing. Or there's a mix-up that we took. So I don't know. I think that – Mac is going to be playing eventually a little sneak peek to maybe rookie offensive player of the year. But I think Cam still gets that uh, first, uh, first series week one and uh, we'll be hanging around all season. Maybe there's packages or something happens to Max knee, which I've heard is goal line, stable goal line stuff, but he'll be there. He'll be around. Uh, But I still like Mac to take the majority of snaps uh, by the year end. You think that that could be a little bit of a middle finger secretly or not so secretly from Belichick to Brady because Brady complained about basically not being appreciated enough. 
And then he leaves and Cam walks in. And they're like, oh, Cam's such a great guy. We love Cam. He's just so fun. And no, it wasn't his fault. Is is that, could that be Belichick being like, hey, hey, Brady, fuck you. It's the weirdest thing. Yeah. I mean, it's almost like he was getting a uh, reputation for like not being friendly to his players or praising them at all. And then this Cam gets more love than he ever got in Carolina from that uh, regime. It seemed like. Yeah. So they were just, yeah. they used to complain about Cam. I, from, if my memory serves correctly, you know, he used to frame franchise guy so it never got too negative but it was always like well, cam's got to do a better job at this or he's got to stop showboating he's he's gotta more, yeah, yeah like i mean and then yeah. you know he's just been and maybe he had you know i don't know i'm not in the locker room but i just it struck me as strange all the backing of cam that's uh, come from the patriots locker room so i don't see them shipping him off or putting him on the bench or turning ugly or getting disgruntled i see it much more as a mentorship split rotation but yeah it's max job by the end of the year mid-year and future job but um i see it more of as a transition than a week one drew winner loser uh winner this week daniel jones um only for the reason that when they interviewed him and they asked him about him and baker mayfield like fighting at practice or really anybody fighting at that joint practice between them and the cleveland browns his response was y'all were there when we fought right and they had him run the like 200 yards back to back to back to back. And uh, all of the giants were pretty much on their best behavior. Uh, so Daniel Jones, he's the winner way to learn something from an absolute ass whipping you took from your head coach as a professional while getting paid more than him. Mind you, he made more money than his coach that absolutely dog leashed him all the way through that training camp. Uh, I think the Giants are going to suck. You and I still disagree on that. I don't think they're going to be good this year. I think it's going to be really bad. No, I'm with you on that. Three of the Giants oh, like immediately retired when uh, <laughs> when they had to run those sprints. Dude, so that was the other thing. Dude. So they were I'm talking not, about yeah. the, the amount of veterans who purged out of that program. But when we first talked about this, I'm pretty sure on our Over Under podcast, you were like, oh, hey, you know who feels pretty good this year? The New York football Giants. Yeah, you I, I have moved Giants. away from that. I, Did you lock I, the Giants? That was one of my locks. You locked Shut me up. over. Oh. Yeah, you locked oh. me over. Ooh, wow. locked it. Ooh. Hayden, do I get a do no, I get no, one mulligan? No. The season hasn't I'm, even started. No. I'm, I'm with you, though. I, I, locked, I locked the Giants, not. too, so I'm with you, Aaron. Oh, you both God did? damn it. Yep. Jesus. Wow, fucking amateur. That's what I host <laughs> this podcast with. Jesus uh, Christ. I'm not feeling great. I'm not feeling great about that. I wanted to like them, but I just don't see enough uh, good news coming out of there. It just seems bad news after bad news. And when and Drew, when you said Daniel Jones, I had to think for a few seconds. I go, who's he even talking about? Like, what? Is, it's just become such an irrelevant franchise. It seemed Damn like uh, in the last couple of years, and um, it's starting to seem more and more like they took the wrong guy there. I don't know if there was a right guy to take, but Not um, there, no. maybe it was a. I- Maybe it was a tackle or something. I'd have to it go was. back and look at the draft. I know Darnold was there, but I don't think it was. I think Danny Dimes was going to be there for the uh, Giants' next pick. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, I, don't think I think, I think that's you're one right. has worked out. Can anybody tell me in North Carolina, like UNC Tar Heel quarterback, that's literally ever worked out? Ever? Mm, I'll hang up and listen. I'll Russell, hang up and listen. Did Russell Wilson go to North Wolf Carolina, Carolina State? State? The Wolfpack. Hey. State. Uh, uh, as did Philip Rivers, North Carolina State. Yeah, I knew I knew Rivers was a Wolfpack guy. Julius Peppers. Oh, no, it's not a quarterback. <laughs> I could. I was struggling to come up with a player. <laughs> yeah, that's true. A player. <laughs> 
No. So, oh, hey, Gil Bernard. Okay. Hold on. So we're off the rails here for a second before we move on to our next segment. I've got two other Indiana guys on the pod with me here. Is is Bob Knight the only coach in history to have to win a gold medal, an NCAA title, have a player win an NBA championship and the Super Bowl? I think he is. I think he's the only one Ooh. who did it. I was going to say Shashevsky, but you got me with the Super Bowl one. Right. I don't know if it's. Duke basketball player has ever won. I looked, man, Super and Bowl. I can't find. I think Bob Knight's the only coach who has had an NCAA championship and a Super Bowl under his under his tutelage. Ooh, that's some trivia. I looked, man. Uh, Antonio Gates. Yeah, had, I, Antonio Gates has two numbers retired at Kent State, both football and basketball. He scored twenty-two points a game his senior year, which is fucking nuts. Um, <laughs> that's pretty insane. Uh, the Super Bowl, who was it? Uh, Martellus Bennett played at Texas A&M. He won a Super Bowl, um, but his coach never won a national. That's the thing. There's only there's only a handful of coaches that have won gold medals. Well, not even that. Just the Natty. I think Bob Knight might be the only guy who's won a Natty and had a player win a Super Bowl. Yeah, that's yeah. Those are the two. That was nuts. That was the, the most Super Bowl bizarre thing. Is not yeah. It's very very. I fucking Uncommon. stumbled on that, and I was like, that's the most insane piece of trivia I have found in a very long time. Bob Knight, folks. Bob Knight's the goat. Uh, Hayden, back to you. What do we got? I'm ready to move on if you guys are. Uh, I know Tanner wanted to talk about some futures bets, right? I was born ready. Hayden, boy. <laughs> Tanner, futures bets. So I'm a bit of a gambler. I started, uh, you know – making the bets and then I was taking the bets and now I'm back to making the bets. Thanks sure. for asking FanDuel. <laughs> um, you know, I'm not the biggest, I, mean, I try not to tie too much of my bankroll up in the futures. There's a lot of, uh, you know, fantasy entry fees, pick five survivor pools, but every year I try and isolate a couple top picks to root for throughout the season. And I definitely try to avoid favorites because, there's no value there. Just, you just, you hold, they hold your money for 17 plus weeks. And uh, the way I look at a lot of those favorites numbers is you can only go down. I remember, you know, Aaron was pretty high on KC last year. I think they were uh, trading around uh, minus 150 or something, which seems, you know, like a luck. Who's going to beat them? But, you know, and then it doesn't happen. So I prefer to take, you know, more of a, so it's rarely ever a favorite. Um, and I just try and figure out where uh, the market's been mispriced a little bit. And uh, what got Aaron's attention that brought to you guys being the couple of Vikings fans on this pod was as a Bears fan, I isolate the Vikings is potentially the most uh, mispriced team in the NFL. Um, what I need your guys' help with is where to put more of this money. So I got a few bets uh, and I all think they're good. Vikings make the playoffs, minus 110. Over eight and a half wins. This is a weird one because it's juice so high. So their total is only eight and a half wins, but it's like minus 150 for the over. But, I mean, they have to, have a, lo- they have, to have a losing record um, to lose that, which they did last year, technically. So in division title, plus 260, which is uh, pretty solid. Um, and like Super Bowl, that. 40 to 1. So I couldn't decide on which, you know, I played the scenarios in my head over and over. I couldn't decide which one I like. I sprinkled all of them. 
um, pretty much the day Aaron Rodgers came back. That's when I text Aaron because what happened to the Vikings in the futures market when Aaron Rodgers yeah, came back? They got their odds got so much longer. Like they they were yeah. they were starting to become a sneaky fashionable pick. Oh, Aaron Rodgers might leave. You guys did some Broncos Packers talk, and I wanted to get in. The last couple of years I've been fading the Green Bay. Last year did not work out. They were off that thirteen and three season, and I got smashed by San Francisco. I went into last year going Green Bay is a fraud under one of my biggest bets last year. Green Bay they did it again. I'm done with that. I don't <laughs> think Green Bay is going to be great, but I'm not making the same bet three years in a row. But I wanted to get at it. I'm not just going to bet Green Bay over now all of a sudden. So I was looking to get at them, and I just love the Vikings. Zimmer, unbelievable. He is number two since he joined the Vikings in 2014, 58.6% against the spread. That is number two in the NFL only to New England um, since 2014. They've gone uh, – so this is their number of wins since 2014. 14 was 7, and they bumped up to 11, back down to 8, up to 13 and 17, down to 8 again in 18, 10 and 19, and 7. So they've been, they've been back and forth. They've been boomeranging back and forth from uh, single-digit wins to double-digit wins. Last year they dropped down to 7. Uh and I just think they're, they're due to punch back up. Uh, I like the AFC teams a lot better. I'm, you know, I like the Ravens a bit. I'm not blind. Kansas City's excellent. I'm not down on the Browns, Ravens. Um, I, just think I just think the AFC is a better division. So I was looking for an NFC team already. Um, last year, you, you can ask Aaron. Uh, I think it was about midway through Aaron. I don't remember when I liked. Uh, Tampa Bay, but I remember it sent some to you and Dave. I was yeah, like, it was about halfway through the year. Yep, it was about halfway through, and it, the Bucks were not very hot. They just lost to the Bears on Thursday Night Football not too long ago. So uh, you know, it was more about just like assessing the rest of the the rest of the NFC uh, competitors. So uh, I'm pretty down on a lot of what's going on in the NFC. Um, the division, I mean, there's only two. There's only it's a two team race far as i'm concerned lions are maybe the worst teams in the league the bear as a bears fan i can tell you they're just not ready yet they're not going to do it um i actually have a better best bet concerning them next uh but they're getting people back from injuries that defense was decimated last year uh you know we still don't know what's up with Barr, but uh kendricks and who's the other defensive guy that got hurt daniel hunter yeah hunter Hunter, that's the guy yeah they're all back. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I don't trust anybody to coach up a defense more than Belichick. I think Zim is number two after Belichick. Yeah, that's you can trust to get the defense right. And then the offense is just so balanced, you know. Jeffries doesn't have to be Randy Moss. If he is, you know, 75% of that and Thielen doesn't fall off a cliff, Irv Smith takes a step, one of the most dynamic running backs in the league. Even the depth of wide receiver now. I didn't know they had D.D. Westbrook as like the three. Or he might be the four him. now. They have some Osborne guy that's four. And I actually, I, actually, I actually like the, the kid from Iowa um, with two last names. God, Hayden, help me. Smith-Marset. Uh, yeah, Amir, Amir Smith-Marset, yeah. A- any Big Ten fan, he made some big plays last year. Um, yeah. He had a 41-yard kickoff return uh, yeah. in the second preseason <laughs> game. And I, and I think that you're – I think you're right in this 
pieces that I asked in like other made about the defense coming back. Um, I had a legit who the Vikings are on offense. Um, I, I agree with your point on Zimmer, but you get uh, arguably a top, I would say, seven defensive end in the league. I mean, he had tied the record for most sacks by his age 26 season ever uh, into Neil Hunter, and that's before his neck injury. He would have broken that record last year. You have Neil Hunter. Uh, Barr will play this year. Um, I If I had to take bets – He'll start on the PUP. He'll probably miss six weeks because they don't want to disclose whatever the injury is. But Die is a reasonable substitute. Uh, and they added a ton of beef on the off in the defensive line with Tomlinson as well as Michael Pierce, who opted out last year, who's a top mm-hmm. four defensive tackle in the league. Brought back Sheldon Richardson, brought back Everson Griffin. I think the front four is going to be really balanced. Uh, when, when you're, you're comparing that versus some of the, uh, the secondary issues we saw last year, I think those are going to work hand in hand. Um, and I've wrote extensively around Irv Smith and the, the leap I expect him to take this year. So, um, very selfishly, I like your pick a lot. Um, and also the fact that they're going to play in front of fans and what marketedly was like the third best home field advantage as far yeah. as point differential, since they opened that stadium, I, I think at times it can be overrated the impact that fans have on an NFL game. But when you cram a hundred thousand people in a dome and they're like, 15 yards off the field it's impactful for most offenses i think so um if i was gonna you hinted in the beginning like where should you put more i think division at i think you said plus 260 is that right it's still there man it's still there and you know we're gonna need a little help green bay is a good team but from what i heard zaria smith is already nicked up he's looking like he could miss week Week one. one I don't, yeah. I don't think the Packers are a particularly deep team. And what I'm looking for early, I need to dig into the Packers schedule more, but we just need some adversity. I'm really interested to see if the Packers can account. And they may not. They may not uh, you know, get into much adversity this year. They may start fast and might just go, go, go. But all the offseason stuff they've had in Green Bay, if they get some adversity, I could see things going weird in that locker room. You know, Aaron Rodgers and Michael Jordan – you can't just have that much discord with the front office and there's got to be some guys in that locker room that think he's a bit of a prima donna and winning erases a lot of that. But if they hit some adversity, you know, Green Bay has a pretty narrow margin of outcome. They're not going to be some terrible team, but I could see them, you know, getting steamrolled by the Vikings once or twice this season, um, especially if, uh, you know, Rogers, has a few guys in that locker room that are looking at him sideways. Drew, I love your point. Home field is back. It doesn't matter against all teams. It will matter against Andy Dalton or Fields. Fade the young quarterbacks. Home field is yeah. back. It's huge for uh, – that's absolutely huge. For and you know what I, you know, somebody said about Barr? Barr's a great player. Pass rush, second most important position in football, getting a rush on the quarterback. He might not come back. Uh, first – perfect no problem and then last point real quick i love the schedule i don't know if it'll be the last point but i love the beginning of the schedule they open up there against cincinnati and then against are you oh, really yeah. going and nice. nice and then against and then the cardinals so right away they play two what i'm assuming will be last i'll be shocked if these are not two last place teams off the bat and they have seattle and cleveland that's tough. They're both at home. They got to split those. And then they play two more last place teams, Lions, Carolina. So four out of their first six are against teams. I'm pretty sure are going to be last place teams. Um, and then okay. bar in the, the, the bye, bars back schedule gets tougher, but 
it's about momentum, you know, and I love that they have the Rams later on the schedule. Speaking of fading some of the NFC team, I'm not as high on the Rams as everybody else. No doubt their top end talent is absolutely elite. They're, they're great. Their best players are great. I think they're kind of thin. I mean, I don't think they've drafted well. They've gotten rid of picks. I think getting to play the Rams at the end of the year is great for the Vikings. And uh, I just like the way all these things we talked about set up for them. Uh, and, you know, I don't think they're going to win the Super Bowl. Kirk Cousins maybe doesn't look like a guy that's going to win the Super Bowl. But uh, I'm taking advantage of some of the negative talk, I think, with the Vikings because the public perception is so much of what uh, affects these lines. And Cousins being a bit of a dork and an anti-vaxxer and all this stuff, and just no one's rushing to the window to bet the Vikings when they hear stuff like that going on with Kirk Cousins. Uh, I think it's overblown. I don't think that stuff matters nearly as much as maybe some of the Rodgers distraction. Minnesota Vikings, 2021, most mispriced team in the market. It's not Ooh. too late either. Not Ooh. too late. Wow. Tattoo that on my chest. Tanner, you are welcome back anytime. <laughs> Thank um, you. I, I love your Rams take, though, because they, to your point, they haven't drafted well because they haven't drafted. Um, they've okay. traded, what, four first-round picks in a row? I mean, granted, those first-round picks gave them, you know, Jalen Ramsey and some real difference makers. So I can appreciate the way they're trying to build a team Mm -hmm. Uh, but I agree with you. I think late in the year is when you want to play them. Um, I I am pretty high on, I think they win 10 games. I think this is going to be one of those weird years. Now that we have the 17th game, if three teams, presumably in the NFC West win through 10 games, I don't think I'm shocked. I think if the Seahawks win 10, if the Rams win 10, the Niners win 10, I'm like, okay, that probably makes sense. Yeah, I'm not ruling out the Rams. I think they're maybe one of the more high-variance teams. Like, cause I agree with you, Drew. They, they, they could win a lot. Everything, they stay healthy and everything works out great. But, you know, already with the injury to Cam Makers, they can't afford to lose too much more. You know, if Robert Woods goes down, all of a sudden, you know, his cup is good of a one as he is as a 1A. And I just, I just don't think that the depth is necessarily there. So they stay healthy and everything goes according to script. It should be fine. Uh, having the Vikings as one of my teams that are jumping up, I am looking for some NFC teams to not be there. And I agree with you. I like Seattle and San Francisco. So hoping somebody takes a step back. I do have the Saints uh, marked as one of those teams. Potentially we've sort of touched on that. I know Aaron gave a spiel last week, so we don't need to hit all of those, um, you know, but same thing. I'm just not sure how deep the Saints are. Lattimore's a good corner, but I heard on a pod the other day, he's actually gotten worse every year he's been in the league, making his rookie year his best year. So I just, and Mike Thomas, not locker room. So I'm just, it's a zero-sum game when you're betting NFL futures. And if you want a team like the Vikings, who are so, it's it's despicable. It's incredible how bad they're mispriced. They are, what are their, 16 NFC teams. I think they're like the 11th highest wads so they're close to the bottom there's only like five teams like lower than the vikings super bowl future in the nfc like there's like 10 teams in front of them it's bizarre uh i don't it doesn't add up to me i'm looking i was actually hoping you or hayden could tell me why what's wrong what's the problem is it the secondary is the offensive line because i thought they drafted darisau ohio state kid i don't know like yeah what's the weakness of the vikings 
So special teams is probably the weakness if I'm going to give you anything. Um, we've been struggling to find a kicker for what feels like 15 years now. Yeah. Um, but years. F- fuck off, Aaron. Um, <laughs> uh, but no, a lot of it is recency bias because when you look at PFF specifically and you pull to Minnesota Vikings page, we were 27th in the league in defense last year, 19th in special teams with the seventh ranked offense. We scored 430 points, got outscored. Um, it, it's the first time, I mean, even Zimmer said that after the season, he's never had a bad defense. It was the first time it had ever happened. Everybody was hurt. Um, and I think there's some recency bias. Um, there were a lot of moves that were made last year that nobody really talked about. I like the Pierce signing that would have, I think, had a huge impact on our, our run defense, which was abysmal. Uh, you had, I mean, Tanner, last year there was an actual regular season game where we started four practice squad players on defense. And that's the last thing mm. that people remember. Uh, it's the last thing that people mm. take away from it. Um, you've added some additional veterans and Patrick Peterson. I like the Xavier Woods signing more than other folks. I, I don't hate letting Anthony Harris leave for nothing because he honestly last year, last year just looked like a dude, not that dude, just a dude. Um, I think people I think are forgetting off- how good Daniil Hunter is as well. Right. I mean, we, we touched on that, right? Yeah. All time sack record under 26. He would have yeah. said it last year, but he got hurt. Um, the offense will be top 10 again under yeah. the, the newer model for Taurus Kubiak <laughs> and the defense will be back to where it was. It, if you tell me 12 weeks into the year, we have a top 10 offense and a top 10 defense. I I'm not surprised at all. So I, I think if you're asking, you know, where should you sprinkle more money? I think that Vikings division title at plus money is really, really attractive and probably pretty feasible. If, if this team goes, you know, 13 and four or 12 and five, like, I don't think I'm surprised. Plus what I love about it, their chances of literally starting five and one, like I've, I will, I'm almost expecting them to go five and one. Like, I mean, they got to beat Seattle or Cleveland at home. But the rest of the other games are against last place teams. They go five and one. All of a sudden, maybe they're the favorite in the division. You can go back and bet Green Bay, who all of a sudden has become the underdog in the division. There you go. And you got plus money on both teams. It's free roll. So um, I just love the way so much of this sets up. And even if Kirk Cousins goes down, you know, who knows? I'm excited about Kellen Mond. He started a lot of games in a really good conference. Uh, playing a pro style, if I'm not mistaken, at A&M with uh, Jimbo. So uh, I just think they have some depth everywhere. They can sustain injuries. Uh, you know, no one guy is gonna is gonna knock them out. So maybe the receiver. I don't know, man. We we differ there. Um, there was an old adage uh, when when Peyton Manning and I'm not comparing Kirk Cousins to Peyton Manning. Please don't take that into. <laughs> but the old adage amongst bill polian when they asked you know why doesn't uh why doesn't jim sorge take more snaps and he said because if 18 goes down we're fucked and i don't think that's any different if Kirk cousins goes down i think kellen mon's a really interesting prospect but this year specifically a kellen mon led vikings team is like a six win team oh god i really don't want to see that oh yeah, I don't mean like lead, but you know, if he has to fill in a game, or if Cousins has to leave halfway through, or he's got to fill in against, I don't know, the bad well, team or something. Thankfully, yeah, Cousins, no, not like. Thankfully, Cousins has only missed like three games in his NFL career, so we're gonna pray. Has he that... had COVID? Has he had yeah. COVID already? Uh, mm. yeah, Hayden. Yes, he I, had it in the off season, right? I don't remember, but uh, no, I don't think he did. Dude, look, know. his his dad is like a Ooh, super pastor in Florida time and has been like broken the mask band date a bajillion times. So like, yeah, 
his I'm immune system is so strong he doesn't need the vaccine so it's the body of christ if yep. i remember correctly i think that's how the eucharist works <laughs> <laughs> hayden tell me about or not hayden god fuck uh tanner tell me about your afc south bets uh, but i'm sorry okay. backing up put money on the vikings win the division bet the packers in the back end i, I completely I, agree with you before we leave the division this is actually my best bet I want to leave your podcast listeners. I know there are many and wide ranging listeners. Best hey, bet. I stumbled on this one. I stumbled upon this one when I was looking at some Viking stuff and I was trying to get the bit. I even like this one better than all the Viking stuff I just talked about. I'm not going to go as long on it, but the Bears. I'm not everywhere you can bet this. And I'm not going to give this specific. Uh, sports book Platform. free advertising. I'm not going to do free advertising. I can tell you guys offline. Does it rhyme with there are bets out there? You can, you can, <laughs> you can bet exact finish within the division. Bears third place in the division. Plus, they want to give you plus money for this. I would have bet minus money on this. Plus 135. This is the lock. All the stuff is out of the Vikings. I'm more confident about this. Bears are third place in that division. They're starting in third place. They're going to finish in third place. Vikings are going to be ter- or the Lions are going to be terrible, and the Bears are just not in the class with the Vikings of Green Bay. And it would take—I don't know what it would take. I can't even think about what it would take for the Bears not to finish third place in the NFC North. It's a lock. So, this feels like an emotional hedge to me. This feels like something where if they did finish in first or second and you lost that bet, you would be okay with this mm. because that means Justin Fields showed up and played ball. That That's, that's what, that's what would cause that to happen. If, you know, Kirk cousins, he gets COVID Kellen Mond fills in, lose three straight games. Justin Fields steps in, lights the world on fire. A la, you know, Robert Griffin, Lamar Jackson type rookie season, which I'm not saying is going to happen. I'm just, Trying to paint Prescott. a Have picture some of yeah. for the of... strong rookie performances. <laughs> Dak Prescott won his first like nine games, right? Okay, uh, yeah, even better. Do you remember that Dallas uh, Cowboys offensive line? What that looked like oh, so for Dak? Good. I don't They're think so don't think we <laughs> so want to compare that to the Bears' current <laughs> offensive line. <laughs> Um, and that's what it comes down to. They, they're not, they're not particularly strong in offensive line. It's not going to be great for a rookie, especially as one we've already touched on. I know that the Ryan day offense isn't the same thing as the urban Meyer offense, but is it, I don't know. So like all the same stuff about the multiple reads, I'm high on field ish too, but not this year, not this year. It's going to take a lot. Yeah, sure. Okay. If cousins gets injured or I guess Rogers gets injured, maybe the bears won't be third, but, um, I think that's pretty easy money there. Um, I think I think I'm Drew? more upset. I think I'm more upset because this is a Dan Campbell podcast, and you had the audacity to come on here. Uh, <laughs> Dan Campbell, disrespect. Oh my God! Is it, do I need to say something nice about the Lions? They <laughs> took uh, no, no, uh, not they, even. Okay, a little bit. okay, fine. Okay. Not even a little bit. Okay, fine. Next time, next time. <laughs> uh, the South. Uh, let's give Aaron's uh, division some love. I have been thinking that the Colts are all of a sudden becoming my second favorite uh, division pick. Uh, You know, it didn't jump off the page as obvious, but, you know, with all this good news coming about Wentz and Nelson, is that his name? Nelson? Is that the guard? Yes. Yeah. Quentin Nelson. Nelson. So he's very good. Yeah. But Aaron, take me back to. April 
weren't the Colts a slim favorite in the division? Yes. So what's yeah, changed? They... <clears throat> what's really changed? Julio. But, Julio's the know. biggest thing that changed, and the the Wenson Nelson injury cast a lot of shadows into things. Those two things combined. I mean, that's. But is, are the are those palpable changes? I mean, yeah, Julio Jones on the field is a palpable change, but. If if Nelson and Nelson and Wentz are trending towards playing week one, I would argue they have a better coach. The quarterbacks are probably a wash. The Colts have a better defense. Titans have a better set of skilled position players. Um, I, I would give the trench battle on both sides of the ball to the Colts. So, yeah, I um, I, I, I again, I'm not <clears throat> I'm not unbiased in this situation whatsoever. But mm-hmm. if Wentz is healthy enough to play week one. I'm very interested in playing the Colts to win the AFC South. I'm with you on this. I mean, the Titans lost so many players. They returned the least returning starters uh, of 22. It's like 11 or 12, I think, uh, possibly. They they had a complete revamp. They lost, So they brought Julio in, but they lost three of their other uh, main targets, being uh, Janu, uh, was it Humphreys? Corey Davis. Corey Davis. So they lost a ton of targets, and Julio's going to replace all those guys. Henry's, you know, the tread could be getting loaded. I'm not, I'm not even going to pretend to, you know, give you a strong argument why Henry's not going to be good at football. He'll be fine. I think the offensive line took a step back. The defense is still bad. Tannehill could turn into a pumpkin. If they were even, I still might like the Colts. But you give me the Colts plus 140 now all of a sudden. Um the injuries aren't going to be that big of a deal for me because the hard games are up early. I almost want uh, Wentz to sit for the first couple of games. Like, I know the beginning of their schedule is tough for the Colts. They might have lost those games anyway. With the anyway, defense. yeah. So, you know, the Colts are one of those teams that seem to come on strong. Uh, I think Reich is 0-3 in his opening weeks, um, week one, that is. Um, and I just don't expect them to start fast anyway. Tough beginning of the schedule. Um, I don't like the Titans very much. Uh, I don't like their interior. I think the Colts are the type of team that can win later in the season. Uh, Colts are creeping up to be, become my second favorite uh, division winner. Uh, misjudgment there. So Frank Reich has never won a, a week one game as the head coach of the Colts. I think he's like 0-3 or 0-4. He's never, never won week one. Right. So... But, uh, yeah, that, that, that's pretty much – and, you know, what I love about these two divisions I've talked about is they're two-team races. I get confused in the NFC West. You get the Rams, the Seahawks, the 49ers, yep. and the yep. NFC North. And the sauce. I'm, not, I'm not burying the Steelers yet. I don't, we, I don't think we have time to touch on that, but we like the Browns and the Ravens. And it's just – it gets too confusing. It's, I like these two-team divisions. We talked about the Jags. They suck. Houston's going to be the worst, one of the worst teams in the history of the NFL. Um, <laughs> so it's a two-team race. You take the guy with the better hog molly, better team. So Look, man, if I'm, I, I guess, a sneaky kind of pile-on bet here. So if I'm picking the leading rusher in the NFL this year, Jonathan Taylor, uh, last time I saw him was pretty steep odds, I think plus 350 last time I looked. Um, when you're looking at a division or excuse me, at a, at a schedule where they play only like five of the top 10 rush defenses in all of football last year, I think they're going to try to help Carson Wentz out a lot. Uh, and when you have Nelson back, you have Kelly, uh, you have Fisher when he gets back in January, I think they're really going to try to pound the rock with that stable of running backs that they have. So uh, another sneaky bet out there might be Jonathan Taylor to lead the NFL in rushing this year. 
Okay, I got to throw something out there because you, you make a point. You said stable of running backs and why I don't think Jonathan Taylor is going <clears> to <throat> contend for the rushing crown. Do, do people think Marlon Mack died? Is he like – Are you sure he didn't get traded to the Rams? Ooh, I mean, I, maybe they should. Maybe they should right? trade him to the Rams. I thought he died. I didn't know. Is he playing? Yes, he's playing. And he's, he's like – back, but Aaron, he's back on a low-money deal. Jonathan Taylor is going to get 30 touches a game. That's it. Mm, it's a game like script, that's right? That's it. They have a clear third down pass catching back in Naheem Hines. Who's very fast. I tweeted that. Very so, he's fast. Like, so he's just a first and a second down back, and he's probably going to be trading some series out with Mac. I don't know. I, don't I feel like I don't, it's all order for him to be the dude, NFL rushing leader. Dude, I don't think he's a first and second down back. I think that in short yardage, third, like he can catch the ball in the backfield. Why are you fighting this? Why are you fighting this? He's the best running back you've mm. had since Edge. He is very good. He he averaged more yards after board. contact last year than Derrick Henry. Like you're gonna give that dude the ball. He's he's great. I'm I'm not saying he's not great. I'm just saying the situation is not one that lends itself to him being a guy that rushes for fifteen hundred yards and twelve touchdowns. That's, I don't I don't see that happening. Do you know who else has stables, Aaron? Most racehorse owners, but they only send one to the Derby. <laughs> Interesting. But man, I I'm hope I'm wrong. At... I, I hope he's I hope he's amazing and he's you know the darling of the NFL this year. Nothing would would please me more. I'm just not when, sure. When did when did Mac get hurt last year? Mac got hurt what like week five or six? Oh, it's been earlier. October maybe. Okay. Okay, so yeah, yeah, we're okay. So his rushing counts week 11, 30, 13, 18, 14, 20, 17, 20, 36, 25. I I would just be hard pressed to believe that 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 would differentiate that much more with Mac being there. Eight, nine, and 10 were outliers. He had basically single digit run carries in those games, but I'm pretty sure you guys got blown out in those three games. I mean, I think it comes down to game scripts. And I just said, I think they're going to win the division. So I think they'll probably be winning more games than they're losing. So, I mean, I think you could do a lot worse there. The beginning of the schedule does worry me. You know, if they're not going to be winning games early, um, he might not get off to some great uh, totals at the beginning. And, you know, you know, they might have a, be a team that's looking towards the playoffs and, uh, maybe spelling him from time to time, but I'm just off the top of my head. I can't think of a lot of other guys. I'd love for that uh, picture. The, the rushing title is not one of the ones I've done research on. He's currently nine to one. I just looked. Yep. What are, what are Nick Chubb's odds? What are Nick Chubb's odds? God, you have to ask yeah. that to fucking close that out. God bless it. That sounds pretty good. I feel very excited about Nick Chubb's possibility of winning the rushing title this year. All right. Uh, so Derrick Henry, 400. Cook, 600. McCaffrey, 600. Chubb, 850. There it is. Uh, There's Taylor your play right is, there. Taylor is 1100 on DraftKings. Followed Does by that make him the fifth? Fifth, Does that put him yeah. fifth in line, Drew? Yeah, and then Barkley and Antonio Gibson from the Redskins are 16 – or excuse me, Washington football team. Uh, Barkley, you know, I don't hate Gibson it, Drew. Mixed, I don't I – don't, I don't love any of those other guys. Even Mixon, Matt Gibson, no, none of those guys. So, um, with you know, I don't think that's crazy. 
true. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna dig into that. You said nine to one. Uh, right now it's eleven to one. Don't hate it. Don't can I give you a it. Can I give you a deeper one than that? And I hate myself for even doing it. Najee Harris is twenty eight to one to win the rushing title. Oh God, that's not. Nope. 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 I'm not touching that one. Offensive line's not good enough. <laughs> Their line is. I think so the offensive bad. line's not good enough. I'm That's not ready fair. to bury the Steelers yet, but I don't think the offensive line is good enough for that. That's fair. Uh, Lamar Jackson, seven thousand to one. <laughs> Anybody's really that okay? High mm-hmm. That's interesting. <laughs> Hello. Uh, I don't think he's a crazy seventeen to one MVP pick. To tell you the truth, if they can reel off some wins. Um, uh, the narrative's over. 17. The narrative's over. We're on to the next. Okay, seventeen. Honestly, if you really, if you want to be a homer, and not a homer, a front runner, you're looking to bet the Chiefs over this year. The Chiefs win the Super Bowl. You can do a lot worse than Mahomes, five to one MVP. One MVP, yeah. That's one of the areas I don't hate betting favorites as uh, the MVP because if they do get off to a hot start, his odds are only going to get worse than that. And five to one's not a bad payout for a team that's probably going to win 13 games. Yeah. Uh, dark horse MVP. I've said it a few times already. I'm not ready to bury the Steelers yet. I started off hating the Steelers as much as they hated the Saints. Not burying the Steelers yet. You can get Big Ben at 90-1 to 1 for MVP. Guys like Juju and Claypool and Deontay Johnson, and now they got the reincarnation of Heath Miller at tight end. Uh, ben at 90-1. to 1. I don't know. I don't know. Look, look, when I fucking rain this in, Hayden, this podcast (laughs) is going off the fucking rails. When I saw we're talking about Ben Ben Wingstop Roethlisberger, I said ninety to one. When I saw Ben Roethlisberger throw a tutty to Heath Miller, dude, I as a junior varsity football player wore a number because Heath Miller wore it. I was like, where the fuck am I? What is this? What year is this? What is happening? <laughs> I was shook. I vividly remember looking at a teammate at like 17, uh, 16. Hell, I don't know. And I was like, he was like, oh, well, my gar- my number is garbage for varsity. Who wears it? He's like, ah, oh, Heath Miller. And I was like, fuck yeah, okay. And like, that was the conversation. <laughs> Yikes. Big Ben, 90 to one. That's the headline from the show. Can I get your feedback on on one thing, Tanner? Before we before we sign off here, I'm looking at the NFL receiving leader odds. We're talking about the Seahawks. I, I don't think they're going to run the ball very successfully. I think they're probably going to trail a lot of games. DK Metcalf is 13 to one. How do you feel about that? Don't get him started. Don't get him started on DK Metcalf. I fucking love it. Let's I go. Fucking love it. Let's go. 13 to one. I was hoping to be a little longer, but yeah, forget it. Uh, you're right. We've already discussed the Packers. Adams is not doing that. Diggs is already nicked up. Uh, apparently he's got a knee thing. Uh, there's too many. I don't even know what's going on in Arizona. DeAndre Hopkins. I'm a, I'm afraid to say it. But I think his best years might be behind him. I just, he's not washed, not saying that, but there's a con. Uh, there's too many targets there. I just don't see them feeding him. That's not cliff style. Um, I don't know who else I would take besides DK, to be honest. That's the name I would have come up with. So 13 to one, uh, you could do a lot worse. Okay. All right. One, one more thing while I'm looking at these and I, I just want to get your like full on LOL take here. So 27 to one, 27 to one, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, 
31 to 1, Odell Beckham Jr. Sandwiched between those two at 28 to 1, Jamar Chase. No. No. See, I was going to go there on the loser if I was asked for a loser, but the Bengals have been beaten up enough this week. So, uh, no, they missed it. They missed the tackle that the Lions got. That was a big mistake. They already have an extra receiver in T. Higgins. Yeah, they have T. Higgins. And boy, like, and they they just didn't need it. They could have got they could have got Terrence Marshall in the whatever third round or whatever. Like, it just that was a mistake. It was the Bengals and Bengal things. They're a last place team. Joey Covers was fun for eight weeks last year. It's over. Break it down. Rebuild for the Bengals. No shot. Jamar Chase was almost my loser for this week. He yeah. uh, got wrapped up in a domestic, in a domestic. Uh, hey, ooh. not proven. It was yeah. only on Instagram. It was only on Instagram. Lay, on Instagram. Uh, allegedly laid hands allegedly. on his pre- pregnant girlfriend. So that's just the last thing that he needs to deal with. Yikes. I was actually going to go winner Auden Tate because apparently he's going to replace uh, Chase in some of those packages ooh. for the Bengals. He's going to lose, Dude, he's going to he lose out to Auden Tate. Dude, he looked good in those preseason games, though. He made three huge catches that were contested and tough. And honestly, he made plays all last year. He looked really good. Um, which, again, back to Tanner's point, why did they take Jamar Chase? Was that purely to appease Joey Burrow? Or was that a, that wasn't a need? It's endemic. Waddle to Miami, ATN to Jacksonville. What are these fucking front office guys doing? Fucking appeasing no, these twenty-one-year-old quarterbacks. No. Like, what is? So this? I'm going to disagree with you on the two, uh, the the Miami piece. So, so back to my 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 deal for Pottage. His his claim was that Tua has been the best quarterback he has ever worked with in four verts. Um, and you saw a lot of it at Alabama, which some of that you could argue that you're just out athleting people. You just have four better receivers than they have DBs. Yeah, I'm skeptical. But, 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 but his argument was the way he moves safeties, the way that he uses pressure downfield to hit underneath routes. Miami needed a guy like Waddle who could take the top off of the defense and create some of these underneath routes that just didn't exist with guys like Devontae Parker and uh, the tight uh, Gilliseki, the, the tight end they have there. Yeah. So it's a, a lot of that I get. They needed somebody who could push pressure on the back end of the defense and open some other stuff up from Tua. And I'm super high on him this year. The, the hip thing he came back from, I, I think there was a lot of positives to take away from his year last year, but the Waddle one, I don't hate the Jamar chase. I, I didn't get it. I still don't get it. And if they suck again this year, I got into a bunch of beef with Bengals fans on my personal Twitter yesterday. And I will fucking roast all these dudes <laughs> after week one, man. I said the Vikings by 10, if they win by 10, I'm, I'm showing receipts. I am coming hot <laughs> for the city of Cincinnati. <laughs> like, hey, guys, you only have one cool neighborhood. It's OTR. The rest of your city fucking sucks. Uh, it's half Kentucky. Like, I'm out. <laughs> I'm burning it down. <laughs> All right, boys, before I go, I have to do this last one. I can't, end, I can't let the pot end without this last one. It's correlated. It's twofer. Get your pens out. Shoot. Shoot. Ch- Chase Young, 11 to 1, defensive player of the year. He's got the pedigree. He's following the footsteps of the the Watts and the Donalds. Uh, he's he's an elite athlete. He's excellent. That defense is going to be awesome. The offenses in that division are not going to be as good as no. most divisions. There's a lot of low-scoring games in that uh, team's future. Jamar, uh, Chase Young, 11-1. to 1. 
He's not, it's only, he's like the fifth guy too. It's not, he's not like a betting a favorite here. Uh, yeah. so Chase Young, 11 to one. If he doesn't win, bet him next year. Uh, and it's correlated with Fitzpatrick. Last one under 3,900 yards. He's only ever done it once in his career. Ooh, there, there is an extra game. Um, but he's never, he's only, he's only done that once. Uh, I don't love the offensive weapons in Washington. I think when you have an elite defense, like they're going to have, there's not going to be a reason to get a bunch of yards. Um, and he's never, he hasn't done it. Don't like the weapons. Uh, I could even see the Heineke getting some snaps. I don't that's know. That's what I was going to say. That's what I was going to say. I don't know that he's some sort of iron man. I don't know that he's some sort of iron man. I mean, there's 17 games this year, but who's say he's going to play them all. Uh, Chase Young, 11 to one uh, defensive uh, MVP and Fitzgerald under 3,900 yards. It's correlated. They're both locks. Well, Chase Young's not a lock. Are, if I parlay those, are my odds just like a million? Like, can I just get like a oh million dollars to win a million dollars? You're going to have to play that one offshore. I don't think so. <laughs> the domestic books will not allow that parlay. I'm here Far to tell off you. places. <laughs> but I love them. I love them both. Fair. Well, the Tanner, nuggets th- have been shared. They've yeah, been shared. Den- that was it. The Denver Nuggets, if you will. That was the Jokic and a Murray. I got, I got one of each. <sighs> Uh, Tanner, thank you so much for coming on, man. As I mentioned, you're a VIP guest here. You come on whenever you want to throughout the season. I'm here for whatever shenanigans you are trying to put onto websites that rhyme with Movada. Um, awesome. Yes. We'll have to do a <laughs> mid-season or quarter-season benchmark gambling pod. Hayden, thanks for indulging us. Good luck cutting this episode up to an hour. <laughs> God bless, Hayden. God bless. He's gone. Oh, yeah. He's off camera. He's somewhere in Saskatchewan as we speak. He's gone, though. (laughs) Awesome. Thanks, Tanner. Awesome. I'm a big fan of what you guys are doing. It's been fun. Uh, I'm going to keep listening to you guys. You're doing a great job. I love what you're doing. Keep doing it. Thanks, Tanner. Thanks, Thanks, Doc. Uh, Hayden, you want to shut us down today? You want to roll through? You want to lock her down? You want me to do it? Okay. Van Hayden fucking lost oh, here his we go. down. Let's All right. Thank you for listening to episode 13 of the pre-snap motion podcast. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at pre-snap motion. If you have a topic you want covered on the show, email us pre-snap motion at gmail.com. Uh, I'm Hayden for Drew and Aaron. We're signing off. We'll see you in week 14. He's way better than me. Bye mom. <laughs> <laughs>